0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: It's now time for Activate, a show brought to you by Amnesty International.
2: This is Greg from Activate. Welcome uh, to the September 2021 show. We've got a uh, focus on the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan. Unfortunately, that's been unfolding over the last month or so. Um, we're going to speak to Claudia Elliott, who we've had on the show previously, who um, is a lawyer who's been involved in some voluntary work to assist some Afghani people trying to leave the country. We're also going to speak to Lisa Woods. The Amnesty International Campaigns Director, who's one of our colleagues um, based in Wellington, about what Amnesty is actually working on around this, but also the Asylum Seekers Detention Campaign update as well, which will be great. Um, We've also got our usual uh, good news story from Amnesty from Kerry, and Catherine's also going to give us some human rights in the news as well. So looking forward to your company on the show. Let's get started.
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of Human Rights in the News for the month of September. Happy spring, everybody. This news article is a local article that caught my eye on the Radio New Zealand website published yesterday. The headline reads, Human rights should be separate from trade deal, Meat Industry Association. The Meat Industry Association says concerns about human rights should be kept away from trade, as it welcomes China's bid to join the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And that, if you don't already know, is the world's biggest free trade agreement. Signatories to the trade deal, such as Australia, have previously voiced strong concern about the mass incarceration of Uyghur Muslims in the Xinjiang region, and that's in the northwest of China. But a leading export body in New Zealand, the Meat Industry Association, said that Aotearoa should back the bid. Chief Executive Surma Karapiva said geopolitical and trade issues are separate. She was quoted as stating, The government has spoken very clearly about New Zealand's approach to a sovereign and a standalone foreign policy approach, and I think it's important to keep geopolitical issues away from trade issues. However. There have been global concern about China's treatment of human rights. In May, the New Zealand Parliament unanimously called for action to prevent severe human rights abuses against Uyghur Muslims, in a motion that stopped short of calling those abuses genocide. China responded with a statement from the Chinese embassy website that the declaration was in total disregard of China's solemn position and saying this move grossly interferes in China's internal affairs. Amnesty International's New Zealand director has said that an international mission is urgently needed after the group's report called Chinese Treatment of Uyghurs a Dystopian Hellscape. Taiwan, which is seeking to join the partnership, has expressed alarm at China's application, saying its recent policies lack transparency. Well, I hope that report was of some note for you. It is interesting when a high-profile... Body like the Meat Industry Association takes such a stance about geopolitical and trade issues, but in my view, keeping them separate is highly unrealistic in the modern world, if ever. Thanks for listening.
2: Thanks for tuning in, listeners. Um, I'm just here in the Plains FM studio. I'm actually speaking with Claudia Elliott based in uh, Auckland. How are you, Claudia?
0: I'm well, thanks, Greg.
2: Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, our listeners on Activate will be familiar with your voice. Uh, you were recently interviewed a couple of times um, with um, a colleague of yours or a friend. I'm not sure if she's a friend of yours, but Catherine Butchard, um had a couple of conversations with you uh, about some other topics previously, including Afghanistan. And today we're going to talk a little about um, with the worsening crisis in Afghanistan, some of your mahi that you've been involved with. So, um, just we'll, we'll sort of launch straight into that if that's all right, Claudia. Now, you are a lawyer uh, based in Auckland, as we said, and also you have worked um, for the UN Development. Are you still currently working for UN Development? Did you do any work for them, or is that something you used to do at the moment? I'm
0: just about to go back to Somalia.
2: Oh, okay, wonderful. I think we've talked to you a little bit about your Somali work before. So, um, okay. So, you're leaving quite soon, are you? Or? I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> yes, depends on the situation. Yes, I suppose with travel and, and COVID and everything else as well. So just at the moment, just for our listeners' benefit, so you are currently involved, we're all, we're all quite, I think, aware, unfortunately, through the media about the worsening humanitarian crisis and things that have happened in, in Afghanistan recently. So you're currently involved in some, what I understand is voluntary work. You're assisting some Afghani nationals and perhaps others as well, I'm not sure, to obtaining visas to leave Afghanistan. Um, so you, how did you come to be involved with that work directly? Uh, initially,
0: probably through my time in Afghanistan with UNDP, I spent five years there, mm-hmm. so I know quite a few of the people involved.
2: Yeah. Sure okay and so could you just give our listeners an understanding of what is that current process a little bit that you're involved in as of today so I'm speaking to you on the 16th of September um, so you may have you, obviously you are directly involved right now is this like a legal process having to make applications to the courts here or is it the immigration department or what's the process that you're involved with?
0: Well, I'm supporting 10 families at present to mm-hmm. try and get New Zealand visas, mm-hmm. yep. and um, that's through both immigration and um, MFAT and various other departments.
2: Okay, right, right. So you've actually got, is it? do you need to file papers, or is it—is it filling them out, helping assist? you've assisted them to fill out applications, are you just waiting to hear back on some of the results, or is there delays there, or what's happening at the moment?
0: Um, I've I've filed lots of papers mm. for them, and we're waiting to hear back the results of some. Some have been granted visas already, yep. and we're trying to work with them as to how they can get out of Afghanistan and get to New Zealand.
2: Okay, yep, right. So I was doing a little bit of background um, listening and reading and I saw that you were, I think I even heard this interview you were interviewed back on 24th of August so only about three weeks ago Uh, Radio New Zealand interviewed you and you described obviously a very dire situation in Afghanistan um, for many who were trying to leave Um, obviously you were aware specifically of people including teachers, um, some involved in human rights work and other things as well actually being targeted by the Taliban Um, now we're, we're sort of three in a half weeks down the track from them, as far as you're aware, has the situation deteriorated further in in, in Afghanistan? Because there was that deadline, I think, at the end of August, the first deadline in terms of people not being able to leave. Has it become more difficult, as far as you're aware, for people to have a realistic chance of leaving the country?
0: Much more difficult
2: and
0: much more risk to the high-risk humanitarian group. Yeah, yep. need to desperately get out.
2: Absolutely. Okay. And on the ground, do you have actual, do you have, aside from the actual families and the nationals that you've been supporting, do you have other contacts on the ground who are still international people or other local Afghani people still working on the ground to, to assist some of these people?
0: Um, they're trying to get out themselves. Uh, right, of yeah, them. of course. Yeah, and of course. I have UN contact and also medical contact in, in uh, Afghanistan, but all of them are at severe risk yep. and they're trying to get themselves out. So, for instance, I've got a colleague I worked with for mm-hmm. five years. Mm. He went to the office the other day to try and get some documents. Yep. He was stopped by the Taliban. He was whipped. Mm. He had a gash put in his with a, um, a large gun, and he assured me he'd have been killed if it hadn't been for the fact that his two and four-year-old was screaming in the car and saved his life.
2: Right. Wow. That's yeah. That's extremely harrowing, yeah. isn't? I mean, that yeah. So that's that's the 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 reality of of, of life on the ground right now. In Afghanistan for, for many of these people. Okay. And
0: there's there's worse.
2: Yep. Yep. There's Absolutely. Worse. There are
0: doc- there are doctors who have been have had the Taliban go into the hospital searching for them mm. while they've been treating patients and right. they've had to hide. Right. There are um, Other UN workers where the Taliban are actively searching in their Mm neighbourhoods and paying neighbours to tell on them. Mm. And where they happen to have an LGBTQ person in the family, Mm. they'll be stoned to death, not shot, stoned Mm. to death.
2: Mm. Okay, so uh, just 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 picking up on that point that you mentioned before. So you're currently involved with um, perhaps about ten family um, applications. Um, so sorry, could you just clarify? Did you say that some that you had been involved with have already been accepted by the New Zealand government, or you haven't had any of those yeah. successes yet, Oh, you have had some successes? Yeah. Yep, oh one.
0: One family who's in MIQ mm-hmm, yep. and um, two other families have visas under trying to find a way out yep, yep. Um, without success so far.
2: Okay. Okay. So, Claudia, based on your previous um, detailed knowledge of living and working in Afghanistan and obviously the crisis is unfolding right now, the humanitarian crisis, but I just, unfortunately, I want to sort of project, I mean, things are not looking... Good in terms of the immediate, you know, next year future for the situation in Afghanistan. Um, what's your sort of projection of the the way the effect on society overall? If you could just give an observation of, of how this is going to impact on Afghani society in the next, say, six to twelve months, uh, are things are going back to a situation as they were before, or worse in many ways. What do you feel about that?
0: Worse than what they were, mm-hmm. and if the people who have high risk positions mm. are not assisted to be out they'll be killed yeah so there's absolutely no doubt about that there are executions happening mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. all over the country
2: yeah yeah. So just on that point in terms of, um, and I emailed you about this, is there any practical steps? Now, I'm, I'm speaking to you here uh, on behalf of Amnesty. This is an Am- Amnesty International huh. radio show. We are doing some ongoing campaigning for Afghanistan. I'm going to speak to Lisa Woods as part of the show as well. But I just want to get your perspective. Do you feel there's anything practical that New Zealanders can do right now to support the Afghani community in Aotearoa? Also those perhaps in Afghanistan, is there anything, would it be you know, raising the current crisis again and again with MPs or other government officials? Or is there anything else that you're aware of that New Zealanders could do to really put pressure to try and assist what's happening right now?
0: I think what we can all do is to contact our local MP Mm. by whatever means we can do it and tell them that we need the government to announce details Mm -hmm. of family reunification programs and also announce support for a humanitarian quota. If I can just give you one more example. Yes, please do. A cardiologist has been told his life will be spared if he gives his 10-year-old daughter as a set slave to the Taliban Okay, that, that's mm. the level that we're at now mm. Mm. and that's not going to change no. so the government needs to support a humanitarian quota mm. for people who are at high risk such as UN workers, medical people yep. um, LGBT those whose lives are at high risk because of the work they do hmm. or other characteristics.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: And just just remember, New Zealand didn't wait for the rest of the world to give women the vote. We got out there and we led the rest of the world. We need to in this instance too.
2: Yes, and that's that's a very good point, Claudia, and very well put. Thank you for that. And thank you for that um, practical um, aspect of what people can do. And it is an urgent situation. It is a crisis. We are talking about a crisis and a very urgent situation as well. Um, thank you. That message will go out. I'll also pass that message on through to our Amnesty contact, contacts, and we'll promote that on our Facebook page and other um, uh, media, social media that we use to promote the show but also Amnesty's work. And definitely um, the, you know, just mention the work that you You're doing. I just wanted to close there, unless you had anything else you wanted to add, any other messages about um, the work that you're doing, but other than that we can close there. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Claudia? No,
0: just urgent, urgent, urgent. And the only one who can make change is the government.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I agree with you entirely. So we will put those those messages out through this through this media and other media uh, that we have as well. Claudia, I really thank you for your time. Um, I know you're working from home. I know you're busy working on this voluntary work for the Afghani. Uh, people that you're helping, but also I know you have a lot of other legal work that you're ongoing with as well. I think you're imminently heading possibly back to Somalia as well. So I just wanted to thank you so much for your time, to taking time out of your schedule. I appreciate the work. We appreciate the work that you're doing um, very, very much, and we hope for the best outcome possible for some of those visa applications as well. So, yep.
0: We can do this New Zealand. Let's get
2: <laughs> that's a great message, that's a that's a positive message to finish on Thank you so much Claudia for your time and all the mahi that you're doing So kia kaha thanks. and thank thanks. you, no worries, thank you, thanks. bye for bye. now yes. Kia ora whaino. thanks for tuning in again to activate this month of September On the line I've got with me Lisa Woods who's the one of our colleagues in Amnesty HQ A campaigns director, how are you doing Lisa?
4: Hi Greg, nice
2: to be here. Thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it and it's great to have a bit of a chat to um, our Amnesty colleagues and friends and those who are actually doing the mahi as well um, in terms of the, uh, coordinating all the campaigns around Afghanistan. Now our focus this month is on Afghanistan and the unfortunately the grave humanitarian crisis that has been unfolding um, during the month of August and, and before that as well and is continuing at the moment. So basically we'd like to get for the listeners from from your perspective being involved in some of that campaigning right now um, could you just give us a little bit of an overview of yeah just Amnesty's perspective and and, um, position on what's happening right now
4: Yeah, so I mean what has been happening has been horrific, Mm. Uh, you know right now there are compounding crises taking place, Mm. you've got displacement, you've got conflict, and all of this of course is in the context of the global pandemic, COVID-19, Yeah, Uh, and we're deeply concerned by reports of the human rights abuses, So it's a really, you know, hard, horrific situation. Um, Thousands of people are at serious risk and face a really uncertain future. And, you know, people just simply want safety.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And so, as always, Amnesty International, um, there's been various campaigns over many, many years dealing with issues directly in Afghanistan, with the Taliban before, and other um, things that have happened in the region as well. So... Right now, so I'm talking to you on the 16th of September, Um, basically uh, what has, I know, I'm aware that Amnesty did an immediate response in August which was a petition and could you just talk a little bit about that and what's actually already occurred with Amnesty's work and then what was the response from the government or others to that?
4: Yeah, so... As the the situation unfolded, the government's immediate response focused on evacuating citizens Mm. and people Mm. who had assisted the New Zealand Defence Force. However, we, along with many others, recognised the spell well short as there were thousands outside of this tight criteria that really needed help. So we worked with Action Station and Oxfam Aotearoa to speedily grow signatures uh, and deliver a joint petition calling on government to widen evacuation support, but as well about committing to the resettlement of people from Afghanistan and Aotearoa. And over a short time period, we received over 21,000 signatures. Mm. So it was a truly inspiring show of the breadth of support here for the government to do more. And we handed that petition over um, virtually at the time because of lockdown. And what the government is currently working on is a second tranche of its response to the situation in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And we expect this to be coming soon. So there's been a lot of work uh, amongst many organisations and individuals to put pressure on government to ensure that in the second response, mm-hmm. uh, what they come out with really meets the scale of the crisis. Yeah. And actually, just today, uh, 60 organisations and individuals came together to uh, sign a joint letter calling on the government to do more, particularly around increasing humanitarian aid, uh, establishing uh, pathways of uh, relocation and resettlement, mm-hmm. uh, and leading international efforts to ensure that we're really um, keeping an eye, monitoring, investigating what's happening in Af- Afghanistan. But and a real important part of this call was also that the government is liaising and consulting meaningfully with the Afghan community here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, mm. about what's needed
2: that's absolutely crucial. You're absolutely right. So that that letter has uh, has it actually just gone out like in the last day or so, or even yeah, yeah.
4: It just right. it just went out today. Right. So one of the things, and people can check out the letter on the Amnesty website mm-hmm. because we're really yep. encouraging people to talk to their local MP. We yes. even wrote to the Minister of Foreign Affairs, the Nyima to reiterate these calls so yep. that the second stage of the government's response, as I said, really meets uh, the, the scale of the crisis that we have before us and actually Action Station have an action on their website Mm -hmm. where you can easily send a letter echoing these calls and your thoughts to decision makers so that's a really easy way to get on there and uh, show your support and put pressure on government so we're really encouraging everyone out there to do that.
2: That's wonderful and that's some practical um, advice right there for everyone who can go onto the Amnesty uh, website amnesty.org.nz as you say there there might be information how to link to Action Station but Action Station is very easy to find online as well so if you want to do either or both Those things that'll be fantastic, everyone. Um, That is wonderful. Thank you for that update and. Just just finally on Afghanistan, so obviously Amnesty knows that this unfortunately with the Taliban um, re-establishing themselves, it's going to be a longer term humanity there's going to be a lot of more of the humanitarian crisis unfortunately to come in the immediate future and then there may be a longer term um, you know campaigns with amnesty and other NGOs to try and support people who are, who are living under the regime as well. So unfortunately we're in for the long haul I think here aren't we again? That's right. it must be yeah.
4: That's right. And that actually just reiterates the importance of that international call about having that Mm. um, robust investigative mechanism to be able to document, collect and preserve evidence of where there are crimes or human rights violations. Mm. And actually just recently, Amnesty International called on the United Nations Security Council Mm. to extend the UN's mission in Afghanistan to ensure that we can monitor and investigate these abuses, and actually that vote on the mission's mandate is due to happen on the 17th of September, uh, okay. so tomorrow. Yep. Right. So it's really important that, um, you know, that countries do their bit domestically in terms of helping people relocate and resettle, but there's also, just as you say, you know, there's that international drive is really important to keep monitoring what's happening there.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for those um, updates and also those practical steps that people can take, including lobbying MPs. And that's something I've just spoken to Claudia Elliott, who's also interviewed on the show, um, about the real urgency right now as of September, as of 16th of September, to really um, take urgent action if you can, please to all of our listeners as well. I'm just going to change tack altogether now, uh, Lisa, and thank you for doing this as well. Um, This is another thing which a lot of our our listeners should be familiar with and will be familiar with, which is a campaign uh, on asylum seekers in detention. Now, that's been ongoing at least since the annual hui, which I believe was in May. I might be getting my timeframes a little bit wrong there. It might be started before that, a little bit before that. But can you just give us a very quick update on... Amnesty's uh, milestones with that cam- campaign to date and what's happening at the moment?
4: Yes, I know you were right, May. Uh, may we launch the campaign to mm. stop the imprisonment uh, in prisons of people coming to Aotearoa, New Zealand, seeking asylum. Mm -hmm. And we were really delighted to hear a few months after that launch, Mm -hmm. uh, the Minister of Immigration, Chris Farfalle, and Associate Minister, Phil Twyford, Mm -hmm. order a review into this practice. Mm -hmm. So that move is significant. It's a huge step forward. Mm -hmm. But the key is we need to keep the pressure on until we actually see legislative change confirmed. Uh, The review is kicking off or or just about to kick off. So Mm -hmm. it's a really important time. Uh, to be putting that pressure on. The review is due to be completed in November, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. So we're doing all we can to continue building that public support. And this is where the Amnesty supporters have been so important in terms of building that groundswell of support. I know there are events and activities planned across the country, though I know that COVID 19 is posing a bit of a challenge there. But anything people can do to encourage people to sign the petition, that's mm. on the Amnesty website, yep. uh, talk to their local MP about this issue is incredibly helpful and important. You know, we're almost there, we just need this push. And more information on how people can take action with this is on our website.
2: Wonderful. Thank you for that Lisa. I mean I guess as you said COVID throws up challenges for activism, for human rights um, activists all around the country and around the world. However I guess the converse thing there is that in New Zealand because we are in a place where we are forced into things like a lockdown in the sense it gives us a bit of space and time that does actually give an opportunity for people to sort of slow down a little bit and then take that time which they might not always have in a busy working life so I just want to encourage people as Lisa is to uh, get on the website and start um, for both of these things that we've been talking about today, which is um, yeah, with the Afghanistan situation and also the asylum seekers in detention. So please use that time that you have wisely and uh, I know everybody's circumstances are different, but it certainly is an opportunity there as well. Hey look Lisa, it's been wonderful to speak with you um, as one of our Amnesty colleagues. We really appreciate the mahi that you do. Um, We appreciate that you're also part of a team that is is normally based in Auckland as well. You were based in Porirua, Wellington yourself, but you've been sort of in, in a bit of a lockdown situation yourself as well. But we do really appreciate all of your knowledge and advice on these two campaigns and we look forward to speaking to you in the future perhaps with more updates but in the meantime we just want to say thank you for the work that you've been doing and we just want to encourage everybody out there to, to get involved as well so yeah thank you for that and thank you for your time
4: Great, thank you.
2: No worries
1: hi this is kerry with some good news this september 2021 um the the piece i want to focus on today is the release from prison of roberto de jesus Cunones haches a cuban lawyer independent journalist and prisoner of conscience he was released on the 4th of september 2020 after serving a one-year sentence roberto had a, a challenging time in prison He um, documented the situation from prison during his uh, period of detention, for example, he wrote that the quality of the food is still deplorable despite reports of the vulnerability of older adults, prisoners over 60, to COVID-19. Many of them are kept in cubicles where they live in overcrowded conditions with almost two dozen people. So he's um, leaving some very challenging conditions for the remaining prisoners there and that's something with COVID continuing to be a major issue around the world that we are very concerned and conscious of. And on his release, he thanked Amnesty International for all the support and hard work on his behalf. Uh, there was a big campaign to uh, show solidarity and request his release. And he reconfirmed his commitment to defend independent journalist journalism and freedom of expression in Cuba. The situation in Cuba is something we'll be um, continuing to follow. There's activists, including political activists, independent journalists, human rights defenders, uh, are regularly imprisoned solely for their consciously held beliefs in countries such as Cuba, and these individuals should not be imprisoned in the first place and should be immediately released. Amnesty International has found that the disproportionate and arbitrary use of the criminal law campaigns of state-sponsored discrimination against those who dare to speak out, coupled with discriminatory dismissals from state employment and the lack of an independent judiciary to challenge this all create a profound climate of fear in the country. It is a relief to know that Roberto has now been released and we hope to hear better news from many people in the similar situation that he has been in over the past year. Thank you.
2: That's all we have time for, Fano, on this edition of Activate for September 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Thank you to our guests, Claudia Elliott and Lisa Woods, speaking to us about the urgent crisis in Afghanistan. I do urge you to do what you can during the month of September and the next few months as well to go online and support um, the campaigns to try and assist people in Afghanistan and also the Asylum Seekers Campaign. Thank you to the team at Plains FM. Thank you to my colleagues in uh, the Activate team as well and also Amnesty International. We look forward to seeing you again next month and speaking with you then. Kakite kite anō.